0: We think that Chargers first-round pick, Quentin Johnston, has the talent to have a productive season as a rookie, but he's not coming for Keenan Allen's throne yet. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined, as always, by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together for seven seasons now. But this is our fifth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers Podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making us your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe or follow for free on YouTube and listen wherever you get your podcasts. David, what do we got today?
1: Well, it's mailbag time. We turn the show over to you and your questions, and we got some great ones, like always. I mean, you guys never disappoint, but, you know, great questions like who's going to have the most yards out of Zay Flowers, B. John Robinson, Dalton Kincaid, and Michael Mayer, and, of course, Quinton Johnston, and also which rookie is going to be the fan favorite out of the 2023 class and a lot more of your awesome questions.
0: Yeah, and more importantly, who's going to have more yards? Quinton Johnston. Or Keenan Allen, because that is a question we're going to be answering today because we do have one from Boltup. Andrew asks, who finishes the season with more yards, Quentin Johnston or Keenan Allen? Keenan will get more targets, but Johnston has more big playability. I mean, I think that's definitely true. To me, though, David, it's pretty simple. Keenan Allen clears if he's healthy.
1: Oh yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I know you probably want this to be a little bit closer uh, than it actually will be, but there's a a myriad of different factors that go along with with this. Is Keenan Allen and and Justin Herbert? I've already established a rapport, and he is probably his number one target. He's looking for on first down. He's looking for him on third third down. Keenan has a innate ability to get open. He understands what defenders are trying to do to him. He also understands what the defenses are, are doing and find finding the soft spots in the zone. So I just think, you know, given that information, Keenan Allen is going to outperform Quentin Johnston.
0: Yeah, I think you should definitely, you know, temper your expectations just about Quentin Johnston coming in and having, you know, an Odell Beckham, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson kind of a season because I think yeah. those dudes were going to be asked to do a lot more as we see it right now. Quentin Johnston comes in as wide receiver four. Like To me, I don't think it'll take him long to get on the field because he just brings the dynamic that the Chargers don't get with Josh Palmer, who probably goes into camp as wide receiver three. I just think that stylistically what makes sense most for Kellen Moore's offense is to have someone like this playing in kind of what he had CD role, CD Lamb playing in, right, in that type of a role. That's what I would see most likely. With someone like Quentin Johnson to have the yak ability, along with Keenan Owens' route running and Mike Williams' you know jump ball ability yeah. and everything else. And more of a deep threat option, too, with Quentin Johnson than you've seen from Josh Palmer in the past. Comes in as wide receiver four, and he has to earn his way onto the field early, right? And let's yeah. look at you know what other guys have done. I mean, Josh Palmer, as a rookie, had 33 catches for about 350 yards. So that was... Somehow, way better than Mike Williams, who even as a you know number seven overall pick, picked before Patrick Mahomes and other good players. Eleven catches, ninety-five yards, and zero touchdowns. Was banged up a little bit. Never yeah. really got the chemistry in year one, but I think it also kind of shows you, hey, if you don't get a huge season out of Quentin Johnston right away, David, there's no reason to panic yet. Like this is a move to help you contribute right now, and I think it makes you better offensively. Even if he doesn't put up big numbers, because I think it makes you a more efficient offense with him and what he brings skill set wise. But also, I don't think, you know, him not having a good season this year means he's not going to be good for you down the road. Absolutely not. And not everybody is going to come into the league being a Rashawn Slater
1: and, you know, turning in an all pro performance in their rookie season. You're also going to have a lot of your Zion Johnsons where you're going to have an up and down type of season. These players are going to progress at different times timelines on different timelines so it's going to take a little bit of different time don't just come in and expect that quentin johnson is going to come in and tear it up and he's going to go over a thousand yards and he's going to catch 65 you know 70 balls that could happen but i would temper the expectations a little bit there's a lot of mouths to feed on this offense and there's not not saying that he doesn't have the ability but there's only one football to go around
0: well, and I, I made one sp- very specific caveat, right? If Keenan Allen is healthy, yes, and that's the one course. big thing that you just of can't course. know. And that is the one easiest way you could see more having to be put on Quentin Johnston's plate. Yeah. But to me, the thing that makes most sense, Quentin Johnson, and Mike Williams on the outside, Keenan Allen in the slot. And to me, definitely. that's, I think, the most talented wide receiver trio. And I compared him to Josh Palmer, but as a first-round pick, something more is going to be expected from oh, him, definitely. obviously. So let's get to Colby Talbert, who... On Twitter asked, who has the better season? Say Flowers, B. John Robinson, Dalton Kincaid, Michael Mayer, or Quentin Johnston. Given their QB situation offense and coordinator, who is going to put up the better numbers if healthy all season? David, I know Chargers fans want to hear Quentin Johnston's name right here. Is that who you're going with?
1: Unfortunately, no, it's not <laughs> what I'm going with. And I think my, my I previous answer you. probably alluded to, to that. It's just coming into this Chargers offense – there is so many different people that you want to get the football to and they just he's not going to be featured enough for me to feel like he is going to be able to get enough yards to to be the one to, uh, to win over this question. So I think given all of the these guys' situations and what they're going into, I think when you look at Zay Flowers in Baltimore, you have OBJ, obviously he's gonna get a lot of attention. You have Mark Andrews that is, uh, you know, one of Lamar Jackson's main weapons. But outside of that, they have a couple of other guys, but they are you know been dealing with injuries and a little bit unproven. I think Zay Flowers is going to get a ton of opportunities, and I think that is the reason why I feel like he's going to be the one that is going to earn the most yards out of this group.
0: Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. I mean, it, who knows what Odell Beckham Jr. comes back looking like. To me, I, I think the biggest thing is not having seen Todd Munkin's offense, and it can't yep. be any worse then Greg Roman's offense was <laughs> yeah. four wide receivers. But I do think, you know, Rashad Bateman's good. If he's healthy, we'll see how he plays into it, right? They have guys like Devin DuVernay and some other options. But it's really Mark Andrews and Odell who you'd say oh, right now, okay, those guys are clearly probably not going to get surpassed by Zay exactly. Flowers during this offseason. And I could see it happening. You know, I think he definitely has an offensive rookie of the year, bid. I'm going with Bijan Robinson with Arthur Smith for a couple of different reasons. I mean, for me, I think you don't take a running back top eight, Unless you plan in on him being a huge focal point of your offense, and Sorry. Arthur Smith is one of the few offensive minds that we've seen in the league that, when he did have a bell cow kind of game-changing running back in Derrick Henry, they ran their entire offense around him, and they didn't need many, you know, much good quarterback play to keep that offense going. They have Desmond Ritter slated to start for them at quarterback this year. They're going to run the ball a lot. <laughs> the biggest thing is though is like, what if they're not any good? Like, Garrett Wilson won in a you know bad situation, a bad quarterback situation right. last year in New York. So like, you yeah. can get around it, and like, you don't necessarily have to be on a great team to win offensive rookie of the year. I think you know the other guys were like Kenneth Walker, who's on a playoff Seattle team, you know, and then also you have someone like Damian Pierce, who probably never had a chance on the Texans, but like, I think. He has a good chance, David, but for Quentin Johnston, I think the best case you could make for him, right, is looking at what C.D. Lamb did when he was a rookie, right? When Kellen Moore actually had C.D. Lamb and they, you know, were together. His rookie year, he had 75 catches for over 900 yards, right? And they had Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup and with injuries and things like that too. So, like, we know that Kellen Moore wanted this dude and has a vision for what this dude's going to be in the offense. It's just too soon to say. You know how soon that's going to click, how early they're going to get him involved, how many two, you know, tight end sets they're going to be running with. Yeah, how many plays are
1: dedicated to him, right? You know, and how how much more they're going to be running
0: the football, right? Yeah, we hear uh, all the time people are going to be committed to the run. We don't really know that at this point. I'm not going to go with Michael Mayer or Dalton Kincaid just because it's so hard to produce big, eye popping numbers as a rookie. And I'm just not going to pick a Raider either. I wouldn't be any fun. But I think that you know. Out of all these guys, like you could make it in, you know, argument for Stevon Diggs and Gabe Davis as far as receivers go, you can make an argument for Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro, but like Quentin Johnston has as much wide receiver and receiving talent around him as any of these dudes do. I just Absolutely. think, you know, taking it with a top ten pick, I mean, the Falcons could run the ball seven hundred and fifty times this upcoming season. <laughs> like truly who knows? And John is such a good receiving threat as well. Like I could see him putting putting together A pretty well-rounded stat sheet as a rookie David so that's where I would go but like I could see all these guys in in good scenarios you know doing big things in year one because I was high on pretty much all of those guys but yeah other guys we were high on David after we got to watch them were Deion Henley and also Scott Matlock who both I think are you know could be fan favorites for very different reasons one's very bubbly and happy and you know fun and the other one wants to snatch souls. Which one will be a bigger <laughs> fan favorite in 2023? We're going to talk about that. And also, maybe we're just assuming Jamari Sawyer is going to be good at guard, even though we haven't really seen it yet. So we're going to be getting into that. But first, I need to tell you guys about my favorite protein bar in the world. And of course, I'm talking about Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And right now, guys, I don't know if you guys saw the secret flavor that they just released but peanut butter puff is one of my new favorites for sure and now you add that to a catalog that has limited flavors like snickerdoodle chunk right you have cinnamon churro peanut butter brownie coconut almond there's so many great flavors to choose from always from built bar and i really do think that's kind of what sets them apart because when you're on a diet you want to switch things up you don't want to have to eat the same things over and over again i promise there will be multiple flavors that you like with built bar and the great thing is now Right now, you guys can find them at Walmart, and you can go buy yourself a four-bar box. You don't have to wait by the mailbox anymore. You can go to Sam's Club and get a 13-bar box if you want to, and that's the way I do it. Might as well just buy in bulk. But if you still want to go online to get them, you can, and you can save some money. If you go to BuiltBar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKDOWN15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Let's continue this chargers mailbag day it was going to be fan mail friday but tomorrow something interrupted that because we have a huge crossover in the offseason a crossover in the offseason yes tomorrow every day is you know what crossover thursday is and now we're doing crossover friday this week with the chargers unleashed podcast doing a little draft roundtable so we're going to have a kind of a best of episode of all of that on tomorrow's show so make sure you're back here for that but today david we're getting into all the the fan questions and getting into the biggest Twitter questions. And this one I have here is a really, really good question that we have from Marcus Boyd. Who's asking who will be a fan favorites as a rookie Dayon Henley or Scott Matlock, David, who'd you go with,
1: man? This is a really, really tough question. Cause I really like both of these guys and I think Me it's too. really hard not to, and I like them for different reasons, just because i love scott matlock's mentality and just oh, yeah. the way he's going into things and you know his fire when you're of, in the
0: army and stuff too man like yeah. there's just something to like that kind of crazy that like you want to For be sure. in the foxhole with that dude right? oh uh, like,
1: yeah definitely that'd be a guy you want to go to war with i mean speaking as a guy who has actually been to war i mean i have been to afghanistan uh, in in my past so yeah you want that guy uh, in the foxhole with you definitely but honestly i'm probably gonna go with deon henley i just he uh, he's so much fun like he's uh yeah. seems like he is a great personality, a really you know fun person to talk to and be around. And I feel like he's going to be a glue guy. He's really going to bring the spirits up. Yeah, I agree. People are going to get hype. Uh, and I feel like he's going to get on the field at some point, too. And he's going to be able to make an impact there as well. And I think that is what's going to put the cherry on top for him.
0: Yeah, and I think this is a good way to kind of talk about, you know, what their role could be just because, like, being a fan favorite, a lot of times you have to be on the field. Sometimes yeah. you have, you know, guys like Braden Fehoko that during NFL hard knocks, he's out there doing the Haka and he can win over a fan base on the practice squad, basically. Right? right there, yes. For the most part, though, you have to be on the field being able to make plays. And you can make plays even without getting on the field on offense, right, or defense in this case by special teams, right? And yes. one of these dudes in Scott Matlock had multiple field goals blocked in college and also blocked at PAT. Yeah. And Dayon Henley also played over 600 snaps in special teams in his career, yes. right? So, like, that could be a way these guys early on. Because remember Drew Tranquil with the two block punts? Like, that way he was a fan favorite and people wanted him on the field, and he actually got on the field from that. So, I think both of those oh, guys yeah. – you know, have that going for them and could make their name that way, at least at the beginning. But I think injuries could give Scott Matlock a boost early on. I mean, linebacker is much less of a rotational position, right? Like if you're the for two sure. starting linebackers, you're probably yeah they're on the most field of the most game.
1: of the time, yeah.
0: I do think Dayon Henley, especially from a coverage standpoint and an athletic standpoint, could get on in sub packages early, and I yeah. think that's his advantage. But I Definitely. think Scott Matlock, when you look at these, are who the healthy defensive tackles are right now: Morgan Fox, Sebastian Joseph Day. And then it's guys like David Moa and Christopher Hinton, right? Guys who kind of yeah. tagged along last year. David Moa actually played at Boise State like Scott Matlock, so that's kind of funny, too. He might be competing with that dude for a job. has no problem hey, with it. Because he's, he's trying to take a
1: grown man's job.
0: He said he's trying to take a grown man's job, right? So, But I think that's the other thing, too, is early on, I mean, if it's just Morgan Fox, Sebastian Joseph Day, healthy, and you still yeah. have Austin Johnson working his way back from an injury, and you still have Tito working his way back from an injury, like that could open up easier personalities or easier opportunities, but I think personality-wise, you have to be kind of also a little crazy to not be scared by Scott Matlock. I think <laughs> Dayon Henley is the more palatable option for sure, the much more everyone speed type of a player. And also, who knows, is he going to be competing with Kenneth Murray from week one? Like, is yeah. he going to go into training camp with a, a, a job, you know, potentially on the line? I think a role on the line for sure. I don't know, though, but to me, he's the defensive Josh Kelly. What do you think about that? Just like...
1: I agree with that for yeah. sure because Josh Kelly, if you've met him, if you talk to him, he just has the biggest smile in the world—a yeah. smile that's going to light up the room—and he he has that kind of personality. Deon Henley is very very yeah. similar to that. I, I agree. I think that's a great comp there.
0: Yeah, I think he's like a mix of like Josh Kelly and Derwin James—like competitive, yeah. super competitive, fire right. kind of, but also always has kind of a smile on his face. Yeah. Can't wait to see what that either both these dudes are going to do. But he's Absolutely, definitely the happier yes. of the two. But I do want to talk about another rookie that could be forced to end action for a different reason. Because, David, right now we're all just assuming that Jamari Sawyer, because he was so good playing left tackle as a rookie, is going to be good this year as well at guard.
1: Hey, guys. It's Weston. Uh, Just calling in with one quick question. So, Jamari Sawyer played uh, pretty good at uh, left tackle like you guys were talking about for a guard. And he was obviously good as a guard in college. What if our planning doesn't go as we thought and he's, like, not a good guard in the NFL for whatever reason? What do you think the likelihood of that happening is? And what do we do if that happens?
0: Thanks, guys. David, what do you think? Yeah, I mean,
1: honestly, I don't really have any, like, bad feelings about Jamar Salyer getting plugged in at guard. I think when you look at, you know like his size and his play style. I think it's already better suited for guard. I think he is a guy that has the flexibility as he had shown to play tackle. And I think he has the, the mentality, Um, but you kind of have to switch that up a little bit when you go inside, you know, there's a little bit, you know, as he said, things come at you a little bit quicker, you know, you have to, you know, you have to set a little bit differently, but he already showed that he could play that at a high level in college. And yeah. I really don't feel like there's any reservations that he can't do it at the NFL level as well. I, I feel very good about that move. I, think it's fair. I feel like, you know, you put him also in in there with Corey Lindsley in the middle and you have Trey Pipkins on the outside. I feel like you're just putting him in a very, very good situation with a lot of quality players around him. I, I just don't have any bad feelings about Jamari Sawyer being your starting guard.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's switching positions and switching sides, right? So it yeah. is definitely a learning curve. It, of course. Very hard for me to believe he's going to be terrible. Right. right? It, that's yeah. just, it, for what he did early on, like it's hard for me to believe he's going to be terrible at guard. It's hard for me to believe he's going to be worse than some of the moments we saw from Matt Fire last year yeah. at guard. But let's be honest, very worst case scenario, he comes in as terrible That's why you draft Jordan McFadden, right? That's why you continue to address the position and keep building depth there. So you have guys who can push these guys. And also, worst case scenario, he's a great swing tackle. And you have a a great swing tackle for three years on a rookie contract. So, like, there's really nothing that could... He
1: he gave up five sacks last year, Daniel, but three of them came in the same game against Chandler Jones. Okay, so besides that, he gave up two sacks pretty much the entire season outside of one game. I mean, the guy is really good. And I think, feel like if you can play tackle, left tackle at an adequate level in the NFL, then I have no reservations about your ability to play guard.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's different, but it should be it easier. Is. We'll see. But, but we yeah. do have another question. Let's get to this one quickly from Laszlo who asks: will Lohi Gilman or Jasir Taylor be starting in week one? David, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think if we're talking about these two players and the likelihood of either one of them starting, I I feel like it's probably going to be Jasir Taylor Um, just because he was getting starting snaps at the end of last year in certain sub packages. I feel like they they kind of groomed him to be that slot corner and they haven't really made any other moves outside of that. The other corners that they have in the room are kind of set. You know, you got Asante Samuel Jr. on the outside, Michael Davis as well. You don't know what's going to happen with J.C. Jackson. That could change things, obviously. You know, that could force Asante Samuel Jr. to go in the slot, just depending on if J.C. Jackson's ready to go. But I think as of right now, because of that uncertainty, I have Jazeera, Jazeera Taylor being the starter.
0: I mean, Aloe Gilman started more games down the stretch than Jasir Taylor did, right? I mean, sure. he fully took Nazir Adderley's job down the yeah. stretch of the season last year and had him playing in a backup role. So I, I think both of them, I mean, J.C. Jackson could easily be back and then you see what happens if they want to move Asante Samu right. Jr. down in the slot. It seems like it would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Or you could have a John Johnson or a Bryce Callahan thrown into the situation, right? Yes. So I think to me, We knew this, you know, we wanted more competition at safety. That could still happen, but it's been a while, obviously. And at corner, I think they like what they have, right? And we don't know what they're feeling about J.C. Jackson. So I do think that probably one of them is starting week one. If if I had to guess, I don't think it's going to be both of them starting. But I think you probably will have one of those guys potentially starting, you know, a question mark for sure, given the limited sample size we've seen from them. Starting in week one, based on what the roster and the depth chart looks like right now, based on what we saw from them at the end of last season. I guess you could say Lohie Gilman has JT Woods pushing him potentially, but we saw what JT Woods looked like. So that's kind of hard to believe, at least until we actually see him out there doing it. But we do have more to get into, including if just bringing in new offensive coordinator Kellen Moore is enough to get the Chargers over the hump offensively. And if we could see Austin Eckler get traded to the Chiefs. For a second round pick, would you do it? We're going to get into it right after this. We have more of our Chargers mailbag to get into, but make sure you guys are back here tomorrow for a super special crossover edition of the Lockdown Chargers podcast with the Chargers Unleashed podcast. Our boys, you know, Dan and Jake over there, happy to get on with them and have a little draft roundtable discussion. And don't worry, guys, because we'll be back on Monday as well as we always are, Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day, and we'll be talking about undrafted free agents and the guys we think have the best chance to be the latest charger to join a very historic legacy of undrafted free agents to make the chargers roster. But Mm -hmm. let's start here with Alan from Twitter who's asking, Is the addition of Kellen Moore enough to get the chargers over the hump and make a deep run in the postseason? David, I hate trying to answer these things in May, but at the same time, we now see more or less what the chargers roster is. I think there still could be a couple of, you know tweaks to it and we've seen Tom Tolesco tweak this time of year. That yeah. sounded bad. We've seen <laughs> we've seen Tom Tolesco augment the roster around this type of year with guys like Morgan Fox, Bryce Callahan. What do you think about this question, though? Yeah, definitely.
1: Uh I, I think, you know, with this in particular I don't think it's enough. It's not just Kellen Moore being the guy that's gonna come in and be able to get the most out of it because it's not he's not the only a factor that you have to, you know, you have to put in, into the equation, the health is so very important and that's something you can't really control. And you just don't know what this team is going to look like in September when the games, you know, start getting played and they start mattering. So there's just so much time between now and then until I'm, I feel comfortable answering this question. Do I feel like they are in stepping in the, in the right direction? Absolutely yes. I think Kellen Moore is the right guy. I'm excited to see how he's going to be able to get more out of the running game, how he's going to get the most out of Justin Herbert. I'm very excited about those aspects, but there's just more that goes into it.
0: Yeah, I mean, what's the defense gonna look like, right? Exactly. We have no idea. I mean, the biggest thing is always health. Like if you get, yes. you know, guaranteed me health. I still wouldn't say just having Kellen Moore is enough, but like I would say that The Chargers offense has been pretty good or was pretty good, was really good a couple of years ago, right? Even when it was flawed and, I mean, good defenses exposed it at times, even when they were a top-five offense. Like, I have full belief that the Chargers offense is going to be better. Really, the only big weapon they added was Quentin Johnston, Mm -hmm. right? Darius Davis, we'll see what that role is. But as far as offensive players go, that's the one guy you think could make instant contributions, right? How much better does he make you as an offense? I would say this. Kellen Moore with a potentially healthier – better offensive line and improved Zion Johnson a returning Rashawn Slater, Jamari Sawyer going to a position he's better fit for. That could be a true game changer with the health of Corey Lindsley. If that can stay intact. Right. And I think also just, I think Kellen Moore is going to be better for Justin Herbert as a former quarterback, as someone who's been a top five offensive coordinator in the NFL statistically over the yep. last four seasons. Like I think that is a better thing for Justin Herbert. And if you're telling me the Chargers haven't improved Justin Herbert, And, you know, a little bit more explosiveness offensively and potentially get more games out of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams this year. I don't know what the ceiling for that team is yet. What's what's the limit of that? Yeah, I don't know. But, like, better for sure. And I think it keeps you in pretty much every game if you're going to tell me, you know, they have Kellen Moore now and potentially what that brings to the table. But we have to see it, right? We have to see what this Kellen Moore offense looks like because he doesn't have the exact same pieces as what he had in Dallas. But I think you could argue – Comparable, if not even better, weapons potentially that the Chargers have here right now. But I do want to get to this Austin Eckler trade question. And Donnie from Wisconsin, halftime Packer fan, halftime Charger fan, is trying to make his answer tough questions here today. What's up, guys? This is Donnie from Wisconsin.
1: Love the draft. Love Quentin Johnston at 21. It's going to be awesome for fantasy. Quick
0: question: Do you think Eckler would get traded during the season? What if the Chiefs offered a second? Would you send him there? Let me know. Bye. David. No
1: way (laughs) at all. Uh Uh-uh. Sorry. I'm First of all, I'm never trading inside the division ever. I don't care who it is. I'm not doing it. I don't care if it's the last guy on the 53-man roster. I am not helping anyone in my division at all. No. And just to address the first question, will Austin Eckler get traded in the season? Also, no. It's not happening. They just don't make trades that, that way. They don't make moves in that fashion. I don't see it happening. No, no,
0: no. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's tough because, like, a second-round pick is a lot. Given what running backs' value are, that is a ton. It also depends what is the situation of your season, right? If you're telling sure. me the Chargers, you know, trade deadline, what we'll say around week 10, somewhere around there, right? Maybe a little later. Like, mm-hmm. Chargers are 5-5, five five, right in contention. If they're better than that, if they're 7-3, and three, I don't see them giving away a big piece of their offense to a competitor, right? Like, you would have mm-hmm. to think the only way that would happen is if you you're you're totally out of contention. Yeah, if they're right out, on, of right? Yeah. Like if if it's you just been a bad team, or maybe you know he's hurt, and you have guys like Isaiah Spiller and Josh Kelly start popping off, maybe you could entertain a second round pick. But to the Chiefs, makes it way way harder to swallow, obviously. But it's hard, Dave, because at the end of the day, you could lose him for nothing and have him and Josh Kelly headed into unrestricted free agency next season, right? And you want to get something more than you want nothing, and it doesn't seem like something's getting resolved down the road. Are you gonna help the Chiefs win another Super Bowl? I don't think you can do it. So I can't. Yeah, I know I get it. I mean, I get it. For you, especially like you, you can't help, you know, your division rival. You can't help them also win I just don't super see
1: Bowl. the Chiefs wanting to keep a player that they're gonna to have to pay ten plus million dollars to that position. It's just not
0: happening. Well, yeah, it won't happen. Is would you do it though? No. In all likelihood, no. They're not gonna trade man. him during the season uh, unless things were totally off the rails. But I do have a question here from Super Fan Zach, really quick. Will we see more games for the Chargers in their alternate uniforms, the Royal and Navy? They are too cool to be shown only one game a year each. I don't remember how many, I couldn't figure out how many times the Chargers had used their alternate jerseys last season, but I think they usually get pretty close to the maximum, which is three. So you can only do alternate jerseys up to three times in a season. I think that's why we don't see them more. I love all their alternates. They just have the best jerseys. The regular jerseys are the best. Best jerseys in sports, period. Yeah, the undefeated, never lost. So let's get to this last voicemail here from fan favorite, Atir. And he's fed up. David, Atir is upset right now. Let's hear what he has.
1: Hi, Dan. Hi, David. David, I have a question. Chargers are killing me. What is going on with Herbert's contract? Come on, my bro. Please, help me. Lamar just got paid. What are we waiting for? Bro, to get $350 million? Come on. What is going on?
0: Please. God, a it, tear. It's so raw. It, it, you know, the desperation, I, I, man. I feel your there. passion. Like your passion just, you know, literally comes through my speakers and, and warms my heart. And I understand your frustration. I would just say this, like Jalen Hurts was the, mo- the highest paid quarterback ever. Right. Like that's what he was 10 days ago, two weeks ago. Now it's Lamar Jackson. Justin Herbert will be that at some point. And there's no need to start panicking yet. Like I, I like we've said before, we want him to pay him as early as possible. It's better if he gets paid before Joe Burrow. Maybe they're trying to see who's going to sit out the longest so their guy can be the highest one after the other guy. We'll see what happens. We know the contract negotiations have at least started for Justin Herbert or yeah, and Joe Burrow right to some yeah. extent. So I wouldn't worry about it all. It's going to happen. I'd be very, very surprised if it doesn't happen before the season.
1: I am not worried about this contract whatsoever. I understand. We just want to get it done. We want to see the terms. We want to know how long, but don't worry about it. There's really nothing you have to worry about. This deal yeah. is going to get done. We The Chargers know who Justin Herbert is. Justin Herbert wants to be a Charger. This is going to happen. Don't worry about it. It will happen sooner rather than later. It's going to be a lot of money. He's going to be the highest-played qu- quarterback in the NFL. It's going to happen. Obviously, we want it to be now, but you know these things take time. This is a lot, a lot, a lot of money.
0: Maybe it will break tomorrow during the Locked On Chargers. Chargers Unleashed live show. Make sure you guys are looking out. We will be sharing all of the information for when you can watch that live draft roundtable tomorrow. Crossover episode, and we will have it for you guys on our YouTube channel tomorrow and on podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. So make sure you guys are subscribing or following for free on YouTube and make sure you're following all of our social media. You can find the show's page at locked on LAC on Twitter, which is where we'll be sharing it out to. And you can also find it on each of our personal Twitter accounts. You can find me at Dan talk sports and David druger at dro talk S D. Make sure you guys always follow us wherever you can as well, like on Instagram at Locked On Chargers. And you can also find us on our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. Thank you to everyone who contributed today, who called into the voicemail line at 323 524 7924. You guys really brought it today and really brought a fun episode. So we hope you guys had fun. And we hope to see you tomorrow, not only for the crossover episode on Friday, but also the undrafted free agent show and the guys most likely to make this 53 man roster. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.